Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm going to be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also going to be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ag gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining on another episode of the Success Lens podcast. Of course, I'm Jen, your host, and today I have Gina Brocker and Angie Bonin, and they are respective wedding photographers in their own right, but they have come in to work together to launch Revealing the Narrative, an educational course and company to teach other wedding photographers how to create a successful and sustainable wedding photography business. So I'm really excited to introduce you guys to these lovely ladies, and I will let them take it over. Yeah. Hi, I'm Gina. And yeah, part one of the educators and creators of Revealing the Narrative, our our whole goal with Revealing the Narrative is to really create a course for photographers that are interested in moment-driven and documentary photography and how that can really be the way to get a fulfilling business and life. Hi, I'm Angie. I'm the other uh, co-creator. And um, yeah, that was a pretty good summary of uh, exactly what we're trying to do. Awesome. Well, very good. I appreciate you guys coming on so much. And I want to dive into what kind of sparked revealing the narrative. But I wanted to let our audience know today we're going to be chatting about how to make a full-time income in a lifestyle business. I think it's so important as I know our audience consists of a lot of new business owners, especially new photographers. So digging into that is really important. But before we get there, I always like getting the backstory on partnerships, especially when like you have two separate businesses, you guys meet and you decide to do a thing together. I always think that's so fascinating. So can you tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you guys? So basically, June and I became friends through some local networking photography groups. And then we basically kind of just realized that we both had the same vision in terms of photography. We would uh, separate ourselves from the local market and really pursuing moment-driven photography. And what that means is, is putting clients' raw emotional images first, um, really letting their personalities tell the story. And uh, when we realized that was actually the reason we were doing so well, we felt very passionately about the, the work we were doing and thought other photographers should also be doing this. Um, because it was also creating such uh, a wonderful lifestyle for us, where it was really a great mesh of wonderful clients, uh, thriving business, and art that we were really fulfilled with. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Well, very good. So let's kind of go into how you all, <laughs> your strategy on creating a full-time income in a lifestyle business. I, Like I said, I think that's really important. And I love that you're building a course to help photographers make that an end goal for themselves too. So why don't you, Gina, tell me a little bit about what that looked like, maybe the spark behind it, and also some of the strategy behind that. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of what we the essence of sort of what we feel makes a fulfilling career that is sustainable is really figuring out, setting boundaries for yourself, figuring out what you want to do, how much you want to do that, and then pricing yourself accordingly. Depending on where you live throughout the world, you're going to have a different 
need for how much you need to make. And depending on your lifestyle, you're going to have a different need for how much you want to work and what you want to shoot. So we kind of go through that a lot in the course about making a business that's right specifically for you. But we give you steps on how to do that. So a lot of first, that's deciding what you want to photograph, what makes you excited to get out the door with your camera, you know? And for us, like weddings is such a broad, you know, spectrum. And so what we have found is when you're showing work that you want to shoot and being able to find that ideal client, that's when you're excited to go to a wedding on the weekend, you know? Um, And similarly, like it's about what you're going to say no to if things come in other than weddings, you know? Um, So I mean, kind of like beyond engagement sessions and things like that. So we really kind of hone in on helping you to find your boundaries for what you're going to shoot. And then how are you going to map out your work week? Like how many, you know, how are you going to realize how many hours you're working when you're not shooting? And so how do you want to charge accordingly? Are there things you can outsource, but that's going to change your pricing too. So we kind of go through like setting up your work life balance, making sure you get the income you need, but also making sure that when you're going out and working that you're loving it. And you're excited about the photographs you're making because your clients trust you to be an artist. You're excited to go to the wedding because your clients appreciate you. And it's a really good time. And it's like exciting. And you leave with sort of that awesome adrenaline rush, you know? So that's sort of what we're, you know, guiding people. And then we help give like really solid tools on how to make sure that can all work together, you know? So you can hit your goal of how many weddings you want, so you can be making the the money that you want and need to kind of live live that life you're looking for. What would you add, Angie? Um, I would say I can't tell you the number of photographers that end up coming and saying, "Oh, I what's what's how much do people pay in this market? I live in this area. This is how much other photographers are charging, or I've scoped out all their pricing, and maybe I can charge like ten percent less and book some clients." Um, and I think you're setting you're setting yourself up for failure that way because um, that's not taking into account any of your expenses, what you need, what you, you know, do you have a retirement account you want to contribute to? You're really uh, dictating your prices based on other people's, um, how they're set up for their business, which may not work for you. So uh, I'd really, we, we take a pretty deep dive onto um, taking a look at your expenses, how to set your business up properly so that way you can be successful instead of shooting for like two years and then realizing you actually haven't made any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, even if you're in the same area as someone else, even if you live next door to another photographer, you could have very different expenses depending on your personal situation and all that, all that. And that needs to come into play. Like you need to know how much is going out and in personally, business-wise, et cetera, you know? And that's when you feel good. That's when you have this hourly rate that you're like, that's solid. That's what I need. That's what I want, you know? Definitely. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned having your students say no in order to like take the things that they're like actually excited about. So do you all have a way that you help your students navigate feeling comfortable saying no because they want to make that full-time income. They're ready to maybe quit their job or, you know, they're just like, I don't know when the next thing is coming. So I have to say yes to all of the things. Um, yeah. I think that's such an important topic. So can you dive into that more? Yeah. Our biggest, our biggest thing is kind of before you even have to say no, it's about really making your messaging super clear so that you're getting the people you want, like through your email and through the, you know, you like, 
your website is is so important on sort of filtering the people and and also repelling people. And if but if you can get in the people that are they love what you're all about, they know what you're all about, they love that, then those are going to be our ideal clients and people that are looking for, you know, in our case, it would be people that are looking for like really composed imagery. Um, they're not going to be excited to contact me. And and that, but the people that are drawn to like really emotional photographs, they're going to be excited to contact me. So that's what it's, that's kind of the first step. But then, you know, if people you're getting people on the phone and you're feeling that there's not a great match, it's really helpful to be able to kind of rec- give them recommendations and let them know who would be a great match for them rather than just sort of leaving them like high and dry. Right. Andrew, what would you add to that? Yeah. I, um, no, I think, I think what you did is, is the most important is getting your messaging, right. Putting the work that you really want to show out there to help attract those clients. And then I think, yeah, giving referrals is a, a big thing. I, I think a lot of photographers when they're, yeah, any, any, they're feeling like stressed in any job that's coming in is a good job. But when you have a really bad match, that'll make your life like really difficult. Um, so for us, we definitely advocate if you, if you know, that's not what you want to be doing. Um, and sometimes you might have to experience it to know that you, that's not what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. But um, if you know, it's not what you want to be doing, then we highly suggest like, you know, building referral networks for those other types of photographers to be able to send work back and forth that way. Yeah. And and it could be really being really clear about what you do and what you're passionate about is going to maybe leave you in a position where you don't have to say no, because they're going to realize that's not the right fit for them. And it's all about finding that right fit. And so when you find the right fit, you're on this like beautiful cycle of shooting what you want to shoot, being able to show that work to attract more clients like that. They're sending you referrals that are like that. And equally, you can get on a cycle that's not what you want to be doing. That's the work that you have. That's what you have to show. They're referring you to people that aren't, are going to want that similar work that you're not excited about. So, you know, depending on what track you go on. So when, when you're first starting out, I, I know the feeling of like, I would call it desperation is what I felt, you know, when you're just like, I want to get these bookings because that's going to mean I'm successful. But I I would urge you to really try to set up that cycle properly from the beginning as much as you can, because that's going to, that's going to be much more um, sustainable and fulfilling down, down the road for sure. I think the one part I wanted to add to that actually is um the work that you're saying yes to also means that you don't have time for work that might be a better fit for you. So you might not be able to take that job on because you're doing something you don't really quite love. Um, so that's a little disappointing. And then if you're like, well, I have all the free time because I'm not doing anything. Um, then what I would advocate for is really uh, working on your business, on your messaging, on your website, or setting up, uh, finding, going out to to sort of like, create the work that is going to bring in the client. Like I would say spending the time to, to create that is more important than taking um, or long-term more beneficial than taking a job that you're ill-suited for. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for, for example, let's say you're really just starting out. You, you don't have any weddings um, under like that are being booked. You you can like you can put yourself in a position to second shoot with a photographer that has a similar approach that you're excited about um and talk to them about can i can i come along and second shoot with you and 
you know, and most of the time they're going to let you use those images on your portfolio and your blog when you sort of give them a shout out. And then you're showing work that you want to shoot for like a wedding, you know, that, that they appreciate that style. So that's, that's a little, that's like, you know, being encouraged to happen, if you will. And also you can even like, you know, contact people, you know, or even put it out there that, you know, you really want to document people in sort of an engagement session situation and things like this to really kind of start building that portfolio is really, really key too. you know, depending on what stage that you're that you're at. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very good. I think messaging is so important. And one of the things I've talked about on this podcast with multiple people is getting into a place where it feels good to niche down and figure out who you're really speaking to, because if you're speaking to everybody, you're not speaking to anybody. So Mm -hmm. figuring out that messaging is such a key, key point in being comfortable saying no, because you're likely getting less and less of what you would be saying no to. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So when we're talking about making a full-time income in a lifestyle business, I know you mentioned like figuring out like your expenses and like what you need to make. Is there a formula or calculator or anything like that, that you all kind of go over with your, your students to help you like, okay, plug in this number for here and this number for here. And this is your big number. Now break it down into what you need to make session wise and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. We have, we have a formula that's going to help you get to your hourly rate. Um, and, and that's all factored in how, how much time do you spend for each hour of photographing? And that's sort of a really interesting thing to figure out that helps you with your workflow and all this other stuff. That's really going to make you more like efficient and give you more time for your, for your like personal life, which is really important, you know? So it kind of, you know, gives you a formula for this hourly rate. And then we also walk you through how we have a, like a collection calculator that's going to help you plug in those numbers and make collections that are really attractive to your clients and that help you kind of boost your sales, if you will, and things like that. Yeah. I think um, something helpful about that is when you can sort of narrow that number down. So we keep talking about like hourly rate. Um and I, I think the really helpful thing about that is when you start looking at, let's say you want to outsource some some items like editing, then once you have something like your hourly rate, you can sort of start to put together like, how much is this worth my time to do it? And how much is it worth like paying someone else to do it? And what can I do with my time instead now? Um, so I think that's really helpful. And it's a very analytical way instead of like, do I have time for this? And how much money is it? Exactly, exactly. And like when you kind of put it all down on paper, it sort of speaks for itself, which is really nice. It can kind of, you know, take the emotion out of it sometimes because it is an emotional process to run your own business. And there's a lot of, you know, self doubt that goes on and all that stuff. So when you have it, just like it's there, it's written clear as day, like then you can just go for it and you can own that price. And I think that's really important, you know. So what would you say to a new photographer that doesn't understand like, so, okay, let me back up for a second. Yeah. For me, I had no idea what my numbers were like literally up until like nine months ago when I had an accountant <laughs> my business for three and a half years and we're doing really well. But I'm like, I was terrified of my first P and L statement, profit and loss statement. Like, Mm-hmm. I was just, mm-hmm. I was afraid I was putting my business in the tank because I just didn't know what I was doing. 
luckily I'm not. Thank you, Jesus. But (laughs) it was definitely a scary moment. So how can you, or what would you recommend like an actual tip for someone who's just starting out to like actually sit down? These are expenses that maybe you wouldn't think about or consider as expenses. And it, it actually does take away from your session fee. Absolutely. And we go over personal expenses too. So even if you're, that's like that when I first started, I was like, wait, what personal <laughs> business have to be separate? Like, like, it sounds funny to say it now, but I really like, I was the same. Like, I was just like, what? But even if you're in this position where those aren't like beautifully organized in spreadsheets, that's okay because you're going to see how much you're spending somehow, you know, through your credit card statements or whatever. Um, you're going to see that. And so, even if they're not necessarily organized as far as personal and business, that's okay. Because what we actually do is we have you go through personal and then we have you go through business because you have to be paying for your life too, right? Not just paying for your business. So we kind of look at, look at both of those. So my, I guess my advice for someone who's just starting out and is really unsure of like how much they're even spending is this is so much more important than, you know, like going through that and figuring that out at the beginning is, is huge, huge, huge. And figuring out, okay, like how much, what can you invest in on your business? Like, let's say you're first starting out and you're unsure about, you know, you might be at the point where you're trying to figure out what, what gear you want to get and what you feel comfortable investing in. Then, then let's put down that gear and see what that would look like. Let's put it with different gear and see what that would look like. You know what I mean? You can kind of play around with like, what do you need to make for situation A? What do you need to make for situation B if you're at that point? What are things that we maybe miss? I think a big one is usually like not thinking about retirement or money that you want to put aside for new gear, like how to reinvest into your business as well as pay yourself. I think a lot of people look at their time and just say like, oh, I just made $500 in this session, but not realizing that like, you know, 30% of that is going to go to, or 40% of that is going to go to taxes, you know, and then also every session that you're doing, like you have to be putting X amount away for, um, like we just said, like your retirement, uh, if you have car payments, all that sort of thing. And then not only that, but like how to actually pay yourself. So you come away with paycheck. Yep. And and insurance. And when you're first starting out, you're going to want to get an attorney to help you with your contract. And that's like a one-time expense usually but like that's really important to factor in and things like um, website you know hosting. website hosting exactly like you know all these little things that kind of add up like you're gonna get a website template how are you gonna host your galleries like all these sort of like outgoing expenses and you think about you know your internet your phone like you know all these things and, you know, we kind of have that in there and like, even, even, you know, I'm sure there's like a lot of resources for finding these itemized things, but I bet if, if people go through themselves and kind of think about what they're spending and what's on their like to-do list, you can kind of, you know, come up with that too, for sure. But yeah, we definitely have examples in the course of things that are important to spend things to spend money on and invest in and also things that maybe you shouldn't, you know? So what are some things that I'm super interested in? What are some things like as a new, as a new business owner, or maybe just as a seasoned business owner, like you don't really need as a photographer, or as a business owner that you see a lot of people like falling into the pitfall of? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, like advertising on certain websites, I feel personally that that was an investment that I could have used in a much smarter way when I first started out. If, you know, your biggest, my biggest um, asset to helping me grow my business was working on my SEO, 100%. And you can get outbound links without paying for them. Um, you know, and it is, it is a labor of love. It does take time, but it is, it will, it's like this beautiful thing that when you put in that effort, it, it, it does have longevity, you know, for sure. I would say, I would say I saw a ton of people concentrating on gear and absolutely like you have to have sort of like the bare minimum in order to be able to successfully do a wedding and have enough backup gear. But at the same time, it's like, if you have a professional level camera, like going to, you know, the top of the top of the line, isn't going to produce you better images. Like a lot of times people were concerned about like, well, I have a zoom lens, but it's, and it's a 2.8, but do I need a prime? Like, I feel like I really need a prime. And it's like, whatever is going to help you get that job done is sort of what you need. But at the same time, focusing on getting every single prime, every single zoom on, um, and you could just sort of go down the rabbit hole with gear. And I feel like that's not making your images better if your composition's off. Like you could spend more time working on your art um, and just getting what you need to with what you have, as opposed to trying to get the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unless if your gear is like really holding you back, then I would like, you know, work on, work on how to get the best images you can with what you have. And when you get at the point where you can sort of upgrade that, then do it then. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between upgrading and just being a little gear happy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm minimal with my gear actually, but that's because I, I like to be minimal because it makes me, you know, able to move around faster and things like that. So, you know, I really, really feel like that phrase, you know, the camera does not make the photographer is absolutely true, you know, but then they're, you know, they're like your, your artist tool. Like if you have a paintbrush, that's like, you know, totally terrible. How are you going to paint this masterpiece? So, you know, there's, there is a line to it, right? Like, you know, you want to have, you know, pretty good ISO and things like that, but yeah, you don't need to get all the prime lenses for sure. I love it. I love it. I think we can all get stuck down different rabbit holes. Like, and it's like, it's a business expense. It's totally fine. But when you're like, if you're not saving for retirement or you're not saving for like, I don't know, a rainy day you're actually being detrimental to your business and the longevity of your success. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think my, like when we were talking about expenses, you should sort of consider, I have always had the motto that and for a lot of people, it sounds like a ton, but like at least three months pay in the back, in the bank, like in case, you know, we have a pandemic or some other thing, um, (laughs) you should be able to like cover your mortgage for three months. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think most people don't have more than two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, and going through this, this exercise, I remember when I did it many years ago, it is, it can be like a a hard process and sort of, you know, an emotional process, but it is probably like one of the most important things you can do, not only for your business, but your, but your life. And, you know, we've had some people go through it and they're like, wow, this was, that was a lot to do, but it's like eye opening, you know? And um, so I think it's, it's super important. Absolutely. I thought of, sorry, I thought of one more thing that I thought is important 
And that's our, for us, at least in New England, our jobs are very seasonal. And I would say like, probably for most of the US, it might be the same. Yeah. Maybe if you're like Hawaii, you can get married any time of the year. But the important thing is to really think in, in your mind, like, you know, you're going to have all this income coming in at these points of the year. And then you might have nothing. Like we, I usually have very minimal work between the end of December and um, April. So what what's really important is being able to make sure that you've put enough in your bank account to cover all your living expenses during that time. So planning ahead. And so that spreadsheet like can be really key in understanding where you need to go and what you need to be making. And it's a really good point to make that, I mean, most photographers I know and I've, I've worked with, like they take December and January off. So you have to plan for that time. And I have several photographers like up in that Northeast area where, I mean, we're dead between, you know, December and the end of March, you know, so it's, it is really, really important to, to plan for. How did you feel after you did all your expenses and you did your first profit and loss statement? Oh, I was so excited. I was doing (laughs) like, I was, I was, the business was doing better than I thought it was. And, um, and I run a team of eight now. So like to see it doing as well as it is, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I'm not burning it to the ground. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and knowing is so much like we're either way knowing is so much better than not knowing and having that unsettling feeling of like not knowing what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I speak from experience. (laughs) Definitely. Well, and, and for me, like until I switched everything over at the tail end of last year, like I just kind of, I set aside my taxes and like, I made sure there was, you know, basically a nest egg for like business expenses as they came out and when they were coming out, I knew they were going to. And then I just kind of took like little chunks of, of what I needed at the house. But now that things are, are managed in a way that I know when expenses are coming out. I know it needs to be in the account. And then I get paid almost, it's almost, it feels like two very different things. Like I get paid and then the business is its own living ecosystem. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big point that I think a lot of people don't realize that separation. And it's really important if you want to continue to do this and not just do it for a couple summers. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's talk about for a minute. Let's say, okay, we're going to sit down. We've gone over our expenses and we realize, holy shnikes, this is not good. I'm actually losing money every time I do a session. How do you walk your students through like, okay, that's okay. Now, you know, here's, here's A, B, and C of how to fix it. Absolutely. So we, we have, we go into a lot about, you know, the marketing side of bringing people in, but we also more importantly or equally as important go through you know, turning those inquiries into bookings and showing your value. So if you look at your expenses and you realize that you need to raise your prices and you need to raise your prices in a way that makes you feel scared because you don't know if people are going to book, then we're going to show you how to show that value and get people to book at that price, you know, and to get people through the door and booking at that price. And so we do that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, we really believe in giving you a lot of different tools and me and Angie both use different tools and we use the same tools, but how do I put it? Some of my favorite tools are different than some of Angie's favorites. And we feel like that's a really like a great strength that we have in the course is that we're giving you a few options. So, you know, like you can try them and find the one that's like most successful for you. 
So we kind of guide you through like getting those inquiries, converting into bookings, showing your value so that your ideal clients are excited to work with you at the price point that you need to charge. That helpful? What would you add, Andrew? I think a lot of people use like how good they are to justify their prices. And I think how good you are as a photographer really doesn't really have much to do with how much you charge. Those are actually quite separate. And I think you're right. So like when it... well. So when you can show your value, I think your sales process is a lot easier. Um, And I think a lot of times photographers hold themselves back from charging what they need to because they're saying like, I'm not good enough or someone else isn't charging this price or things like that. So I think once you, once you can really work on, in the end, it's like sales. If you, if you work on your sales and I don't mean slimy sales, it's not about hiding anything. It's just like connecting with the person, you know, showing what you want to do your value. And then it sort of makes that whole process a lot easier. And I feel like you don't feel bad giving out this more expensive pricing because you are worth it. And if you want to continue to do this, you you have to be doing it. There isn't really much of a choice there. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can feel better about what you're charging as well, instead of just justifying your pricing based on someone else or how good you feel you are as a photographer. Does that make any sense? kind of blubbering it a little bit. No, I, I definitely think so. I think as business owners, we get wrapped up in the emotions of it. Like, yes. you know, like we, we make decisions based on our emotions. Like how does this person make me feel? How does this session make me feel? You know, and, and that can be difficult to navigate where if you look at it from, like you said, Angie, an analytical standpoint by saying like, this is what I need. This is how much it needs to be then you need to go out and like you said, you know, sit down, make it a value process and not a, you know, I'm worth this process. Exactly. And, and what's a beautiful thing is you can combine these two things where you can be very analytical about figuring out what you need to charge. And then you can find clients that you're excited to work with. And then you have it both like you, that's what we want everybody to have. We want people to be excited and make what they need to make. And you can definitely have both. It's not like one or the other. And I think sometimes that's a fear. Like, if if I raise my prices, will I be able to work with these really awesome laid back people that want documentary photography? If I raise my prices, am I going to have to shoot in a different way? And and we just want to like like say like loud and clear that that is that is not the case. Like the most valuable thing you can do for your business is photograph and present yourself in a way that feels true to you and exciting to you because like that is. You, like I know, you know, people probably heard this before. You are your unique selling point. And like letting that shine through through your work, through your messaging, through your phone conversations is super important to build that connection. And once you have that connection, people are going to be excited to work with you. They're gonna not only like your photographs, but they're gonna like the experience. They're gonna wanna want you to be in the room with them. And and like that, that's huge. All right. Well. I always like to wrap up my episodes with the same three questions, mostly because they're super fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> my first question, I'm a quote fanatic. Like if you go to my Pinterest board, if it was no longer hidden, um, I have over like 1100 quotes saved because I'm just ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me what your favorite quotes are. Yeah. Oh. My, mine is, uh, you only fail when you stop trying. And someone said that to me not that long ago. And I was like, that's awesome. I I love that. That's really cool. Hold on. Mine is on our website. And 
it's oh yeah that's take a good one. second to get to that's it that's a good one yeah oh uh, where is oh I don't regret the things I've done I regret the things I didn't do when I had the chance yeah which is so true even yeah. even at weddings Definitely. like I would say like sometimes you know you see that light and you're like oh this would be such a great and if you don't go for that moment when it's there and you're like no no, no I'm gonna come back you never come back to it you missed it <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah so true that's a good one yeah Awesome. All right. What is your favorite business tool? So I'm like kind of the analytics person. So I would say my favorite business tool actually is like our, um, we have a collections calculator, which really helps you. Um, my husband developed it and uh, it's like this Excel thing. You put in all your numbers and it figures, it helps you figure out like how to build what you want to offer and your pricing. And honestly, like I use that thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I still use it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, my favorite business tool. You know, I'm going to have to be like such a nerd and say that probably like my Yoast plugin is, mm. I really, I really like S. I don't, I don't love SEO, but I love the results of SEO and the Yoast plugin makes it easy for me. And Sorry, if, apologies if you don't know what the Yoast plugin is. It, just Google it. It basically gives you a green light if that page is optimized for your keyword. And it's just magic. It's just because you can just keep working on it so you get the green light. It's very user-friendly for me. I um, But I, you know, so I, I like that. And you can learn about SEO while you're using it. It's pretty cool. So that's probably my favorite, like, businessy tool. Yeah. I love that. That's the first time I've had it. I think the first time it's been mentioned on the podcast. But it's my... <laughs> favorite tools and I've been doing more blogging for clients lately with SEO in mind so I'm always like and I'm a type one so like give me a green star give me a green star like it's my happy place yeah yeah you get some you know affirmation like good job yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um all right so I remembered the question that I wanted to mention earlier I'm so glad so I wanted to ask, how often do you recommend that photographers, business owners reevaluate their expenses versus their collections? Yeah, that's a great idea. I would say every season. Yeah, I would say at least every season. And then if we have a pandemic, you should do it again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like in the in the off season, if you have an off season, then that's a great time to do it. Also keep in mind that people inquire a lot during the off season. So maybe you want to get that done a little bit earlier than later, if if that makes sense. So like, you know, um, but if you don't have like an off season, I would honestly like pop it in your calendar to remind you to do it in a, you know, like your, your uh, expenses check anniversary or something. You know, because it's a good, it's a really good exercise because it does shift. I mean, it shifts as we change, you know, as our, we have kids. Once the kids start growing up, childcare versus school, like all this stuff, you know? So yeah, it's good. It's a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. You could always do it after your taxes, which is never fun. But then after you pay your taxes, you're like, oh, I need more money. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, I, if you're making more money. And that's one thing I yeah. think sometimes people forget. It's like, oh, I've hit this goal in the business. And they're like, oh, that means my taxes are going to like double next year. <laughs> so yep. Yep. accounting yep. for and, that. And even like, you know, going, getting everything together for your taxes is, is a process. And if you do that, like 
if you're doing that in the off season and getting all that gathered, it's going to make that process easier too. So you can think about it like that. Like, um, you know, I don't know. Everybody does their taxes differently. I like to kind of sit down and do it all at once, all crazy style, but I usually do it like while I'm reevaluating for my, you know, business. So it's sort of like killing two birds with one stone type of thing. Terrible, terrible uh, analogy. Sorry about that. Feeding two birds with one. Yes, thank you. With, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so my last question is my favorite. I need to make like a, a like downloadable of this because I've had so many guests now. So if you and I were to go get a drink, where would we go and what would we have if I came to your town? Oh, if you came to our town. Oh, I know this one. Um, I, I might have given this uh, answer before, but it's my favorite. So uh, we live in Massachusetts, but we're, like New England is very tiny and everything is very close together. Uh, and we, I live about 30 minutes outside of Providence, Rhode Island. And in there, it's like a kind of history sort of town. They have a really good food scene. Um, and it's way less expensive than Boston. So there's a little coffee shop that I really love there and they have um, an iced mocha, which is absolutely fantastic. And they use some sort of like, I think it's like Ghirardelli chocolate mix that they put in there. Um, mm. So it's like both delicious coffee and wonderful chocolate. And next door to there is like this really delicious bakery uh, called Madrid, which just opened off right during the pandemic. So good for them for, for still being in business after that. And uh, they have like these amazing European pastries. And so I would be like, you have that chocolate cake from that place and drink this. Apparently I'm a chocolate lover at this chocolate, iced chocolate. I love mocha. This. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is to die for, or at least for me, I would be very happy. <laughs> yeah. So nice. I, I'm, I'm a chocoholic. I know. I'm like a little bit stumped. I'm like going all over the place in my mind. I'm like, will we go out at night and have like an adult drink? That could be fun. Um, or if we're getting really, really local, like my one of my favorite spots to go to is this place called Wardsbury Farm. I go there all the time. My kiddos and going there for a smoothie would be quite the experience. Oh, I love that. Pet some goats and whatnot, you know, or you could go to the city and like, you know, get a beer. But I think the Wardsbury Farm is probably more original. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> and probably more realistic. <laughs> Y'all are definitely speaking my language. Like that's what we do in the fall is we hit up all of the local farms. We do and all of it. I love it. And we live on seven acres. So oh, nice. all about, yeah, yeah, I'm all about the country life. Yeah, me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely loved all of the nuggets that you had to share. Now I would love to find out where our audience can find your business together. And then of course you separately. Yeah. So our business is revealingthenarrative.com. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook with the same name. And I'm Gina Brocker Photography. And I'm Angelina Rose Photography. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. We got you guys. I will be sending out this episode and we will catch you guys next time. Thank you so awesome. much Thank for you. having us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. 
And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. 